Hey, what's going on, everybody? Brendan Schaefer back with another episode of B-Shafe Daily, ready to get things rolling as we break down Cardinals' win yesterday against the Milwaukee Brewers. It was the first game of a five-game series, a huge, huge, huge five-game series that the Cardinals face coming up. They've got a doubleheader today on Friday. They'll play Saturday, they'll play Sunday, and then we'll see where the chips fall, whether or not the Cardinals need to play that doubleheader on Monday in Detroit. As of right now, I'll give you the standings breakdown heading into play on Friday. The Cardinals still in second place in the Central, about a half game up on the Reds. I say about because we know that the Cardinals and Reds have played a different number of games. Cardinals at 54, Reds at 57. So the Reds got the day off yesterday. They'll play the Twins starting tonight, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three games left for Cincy. And basically the Cardinals have got to be able to hold off Cincy and hold off the Brewers. Now it's a lot easier to hold off the Brewers because all you got to do is beat them. And they did that yesterday behind a, a solid start by Kwon Young Kim. Not the typical Kwon Young Kim start. Uh, you think about the, the games he was pitching earlier in this 60-game shortened season. KK, it was like two hours and ten minutes, and you thought you're basically done with the game because of the, the pace at which he worked. But had a tough start his last time out where he gave up four earned runs. And then yesterday, um, though he didn't give up the, you know, and he, he gave up one run, it was just, it was not quite the same pace of play that we've been accustomed to seeing for KK. Cardinals end up getting that win 4-2. to two. Things got a little bit interesting in the ninth inning. Uh, but by and large, the bullpen did their job. KK got himself out of some jams. Ended up giving up five hits, two walks, and just the one earned run and five innings pitched. And then Mike Schilt, love to see what he did with the bullpen yesterday. We know we've got a, a doubleheader for the Cardinals on Friday today. And so it's going to be all hands on deck. But with the recognition that every game means so much and the Cardinals were in position yesterday to to go ahead and finish one out and take it, it, you know, it was right there for them because the offense led by Dylan Carlson and then Yadier Molina who went two for four and had his 2,000th hit last night. Those were some of the, the bigger performances in the game. A two for four for Dylan in which he drives in three, had a home run and an RBI double. So great game for Carlson. He's been heating up since he's returned from the alternate training site for his second stint with St. Louis this season. But talk about what Mike Schultz did with the bullpen last night. I think it was real important. You're in the sixth inning, and you're in a situation where you're up 4-1. to one, Or at that time, it would have been 3-1 to one because the Cardinals added one more run in the sixth. So 3-1 three, three game there for the taking. What does Mike Schultz do? goes right to Giovanni Gallegos, where I know Gallegos has had some struggles of late since he returned from the injured list and a little bit before he went on the list with the groin injury. But that's one of your better arms, and you're throwing him in the sixth. You're not wasting any time, I don't think, with anything less than your best last night. And so they go Gallegos, they go Genesis Cabrera, which Cabrera's been solid for the Cardinals this season. He's certainly been in kind of that leverage role as of late alongside Alex Reyes, who then followed Cabrera out of the bullpen. Reyes had a good first inning and then uh, ends up allowing some base runners in the second inning. Gives up two hits and a walk in total and was charged with the earned run but didn't have the chance to pitch himself out of the ninth because Mike Schilt goes to Andrew Miller. And I said it after the game on Twitter, that is the situation. The Cardinals signed Andrew Miller to pitch in. 
the the situation that ended the game last night where he strikes out Christian Yelich. I think good Andrew Miller is back. And, you know, it might be premature. You could see something over the next week where he has a, a hiccup or whatever. But you've seen the outings that he's been able to put together recently. And I think it's very encouraging for the Cardinals, not only for this season and, and, and as as they look to go into the postseason, hopefully, and, and make a run, the guy probably your de facto closer, especially when the matchups represent positively, you know, a left-handed pitcher versus a left-handed batter, which is what you had last night. Um, he comes into the game, situation where the first batter he faces is a lefty, then gives up a hit. I believe the hit was to a righty, and that scored the run. But Christian Yelich was looming. And so the the game on the line with Andrew Miller on the mound, Christian Yelich in the batter's box, that's why they signed him. You look at back in the, the environment of the NL Central when the Cardinals signed Andrew Miller, and it's not all that different right now, but you had a lot of or at least multiple teams that you could pinpoint and say they've got a tough lefty that I need to, when it comes down to making the postseason and, and winning divisional games, beating our rivals, I need to be able to throw a tough lefty at that guy situationally. And sometimes that'll be in the ninth inning. Maybe it'll be in the eighth inning. Last night it was as a, a save situation for Miller. But Christian Yelich is probably at the top of that list where you have the Reds. Joey Votto comes to mind. You know, you have the Chicago Cubs, a couple different guys that come to mind. Anthony Rizzo, maybe even a Kyle Schwarber for Chicago. And so that's kind of the blueprint. And and it worked out for the Cardinals last night as he gets Yelich, Andrew Miller does, to end the game. Big win for the Cardinals. You, you push the Brewers down a little bit further behind you. They were right on your heels coming into that game. To wear a loss, you'd have been essentially tied with them because both teams would have been at 500. Now the Cardinals 28 and 26, the Brewers 27 and 29. So basically a two-game lead over Milwaukee. Now you've got four to play. So if you split these four with them, you end up in a situation where you're you know you're 30 and 28 at that point for the Cardinals. 29 wins for Milwaukee. They can't catch it because their season would be done. And so you'd be able to take care of them. Talking about how difficult and complicated the math is on the rest of the season. How do the Cardinals find their way into the playoffs? Well, at this point, you could say split with Milwaukee the rest of these games, two out of four. Milwaukee maxes out at 29 wins. They're done. They've played their 60. Cardinals obviously will not have played their 60. They'd be 30 and 28 in that scenario. And then you'd look at the Reds, because the Reds are actually ahead of the Brewers in the standings. Cardinals can't do anything other than win their games and, and, and see you know where the chips fall with the Reds. Because if the Reds win out against the Minnesota Twins, they get to 32 wins. And so that puts the Cardinals in a situation where they would be probably having to play in Detroit, potentially. Uh, and again, I don't know the answer to this. If if it's a difference between the Cardinals being in second or locking in a wild card, if they'd have to still play those games for for seeding purposes. If that's the case, then I don't see any way you don't end up playing in Detroit. I mean, there is a way, but it's it's seems pretty slim because the other way is Cardinals win a bunch of games, Cubs keep losing, Cubs currently 32 and 27. So they've got three games left. If the Cubs lose out, they end up at 32 wins. Reds can max out at 32 wins. Cardinals, if they get into a situation where they're at 32 wins or or 31 wins leaving this weekend, which 32, Cardinals have to win out. 31, they'd be three of the next four. 
but that would put the Cardinals in a position to potentially win the division by playing those games against Detroit on Monday. And in that scenario, the games would be played, from what I understand, from what in from what I've seen reported. But I, I had this thought last night and put it out there and and threw it on Twitter. And Derek Gould responded with with his you know view. He didn't agree with me, which is totally fine. Uh, but I, I, it is something that's kind of been on my mind where I think if it's a situation where the Cardinals have already clinched a playoff spot, whether it's the wild card or they're guaranteed second place by the end of the day Sunday, would it benefit them, even if they had a shot to win the division, to lose that last game or whatever whatever the scenario ends up being so they don't have to go to Detroit on Monday? Because to me... And again, I think it's interesting. I've had people message me and say they agree with what I said, saw the Twitter exchange, and I've had people, you know, obviously say, you know, publicly and, and on on that Twitter thread say, yeah, I mean, why would you want to lose the game if you if you can beat the Cubs to win the division? Wouldn't you take that chance if you can potentially play the Marlins instead of the Padres? Of course you take that chance. And so, you know, I don't know that it's a 50-50 split. I might be in the minority with my view on this, but that's fine. I don't mind that. I don't mind being in the minority, and I don't mind being wrong. I don't think this is objective, though. I don't think you can objectively say one or the other is better. And here's my point. And I think the way I started this out on Twitter was, um, you know, kind of goofy the way I phrased it. I said, if it comes down to that scenario, shouldn't they tank to avoid the Monday games? And uh, ultimately, as I as I go down the thread a little bit here, I said, here's my stance. Genuinely curious about your view. I was talking to Derek. Why does winning the division matter in 2020? What advantage does it afford you other than playing the three-game series at home in front of no fans? Talking about the wild-card series that every everybody's got to play. Even if you win the division, it's a best two out of three. That's that's all you get. There's no first-round bye. There's nothing like that. So the division winners will obviously get to play that series all at home, which is nice. But how nice is that compared to having the Cardinals have to use pitchers on Monday? They'd probably be using guys like Oviedo to start. They'd be using, you know, guys that wouldn't be starting, obviously, games one, two, or three in the, in a wild card series. However, I I do feel like you're going to end up using bullpen arms in those games. You're going to end up using position players to play two games, guys who are have played. You all know the, the numbers. You know, I don't know the exact thing off the top of my head, but they've played more games than they've had days. I know that. Because they've played, this is like their seventh or eighth doubleheader in September. And they've only had maybe one or two off days, if that. And so, to me, you see guys like Paul DeYoung down the stretch, happened to him last year, happened, happening to him this year, just getting worn down. Who wouldn't be worn down, though, from playing this many games? So, do I think that there's an argument to be made, to be made that an off day Monday is better than a division championship if you're already guaranteed a playoff spot regardless? I do think there's an argument to be made. But here's what Derek said, and his points are all, all great. Avoiding San Diego for sure is a benefit because you could possibly play a weaker team. That's just the way it works in this postseason format. You, you have the ability to, to do that. Final at-bat in three games if necessary. So the home team gets to bat last. That is a benefit. I'd agree with that. Strategically, it's just a benefit. Uh, a pitcher-friendly ballpark at Bush Stadium. Cardinals already have... Uh, you know, their issues offensively. And so 
Go to your strength. Your strength is pitching. If you're in a pitching-friendly ballpark, potentially that benefits you. I don't know that the ballpark, in my view, makes that big of a difference. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, you're not getting fans regardless. And Derek also mentions Cardinals wouldn't use their one, two, or three starters in that Detroit series because they understand that those guys are going to be the ones they're going to pitch in a, in a playoff series Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Derek finishes it off talking about a division title at the expense of the Cubs, which is definitely valid and I think a lot of thing valid for Cardinals fans, right? You want to beat the Cubs if you're a Cardinals fan. makes perfect sense. And so, I again, I'm not going to be the guy on this one that says my side's right and the other side, there's no merit to it. I think there's merit to both sides. I simply, given the, the context of the way the Cardinals have had to grind through this season with all the injuries and the coronavirus and the doubleheaders, I think it's better to, I almost would say, and I, and I know if you, if you played, we don't know what's going to happen. But it looks like if the Cardinals were in second place in the Central, they would end up being the team that faces the Padres. Because the Padres are going to be the best second place team. And so they're going to be the four seed. And so the five seed would be the second best second place team. And right now that looks like the Cardinals over the Marlins, potentially. Although when everybody was making these arguments last night, the argument was you'd rather face the Marlins because the Marlins are looking like they'll be the sixth seed, which means whoever wins the Central will will match up with the Marlins in the first round because it's one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. So if the Padres are the four, which they're going to be, I, I think I don't even think there's anything that can, can happen to change that. Um I guess theoretically the Cardinals could win out, including the Detroit games, and, and get to 34. The Padres would have to lose their next four. Not going to happen. The Padres are going to be the four seed. And so would you rather be the five seed, most likely, and play the Padres at San Diego? Or would you rather be the three seed and play probably the Marlins? Although there is a world in which I, I, it would take a very specific set of things to happen. But based on the standings, I mean, the Marlins are only... They're a game above 500. They're 29 and 28 in second place. Marlins conceivably could win the rest of their games, and the Cardinals could still win second in the, the division. And Cardinals could end up playing the Cubs in the first round. I mean, for real. As the sixth seed. So say the Cardinals get to 31 wins. Say they do it against Milwaukee. 31 and 27. That's their record in 58 games. But say the, the Marlins win out. Cardinals get to 31, Marlins win out and get to 32, Marlins would be ahead of the Cardinals. Marlins would be the four, the five seed, Cardinals would be the six. So they'd play the third best division winner, which in all likelihood is going to end up being the Cubs. They could catch the Braves, but it, it would take a lot. Take a lot of help on both sides for that to happen. So my thing is, we don't even know for sure that the decision is Padres or Marlins. We'll know more Sunday because the, divisions, the standings in all the divisions will shift between now and then might be the Phillies Phillies are only a game behind the Marlins for second place in that division so it's super hard to like sit back and say we know what's going to happen or anticipate I'd rather play this team or that team because right now you just got to win games and by Sunday maybe you could say if this happens you'll play this team if that happens you'll play that team or if this happens you get in versus not getting in you know, those are kind of the cards that are on the table right now. And there's just too many variables to for me to say this far in advance. Well, 
I definitely want to force myself to play a doubleheader on Monday because I don't want to play the Padres. That might not even be the scenario. And if it's not, I promise you I'm sitting out. If it's if it's guaranteed Padres or Marlins, I you know, I have a chance to play the Padres if I if I lose this game on Sunday or I have a chance if I win this game and then I can win in Detroit, I get Marlins instead in a division championship. It's a toss up for me as of right now. I'll I'll tell you how I feel a little closer if it actually comes to fruition and that ends up being the decision. Which let me make something clear. I'm talking as an outsider who can who can say these things and ask, shouldn't the Cardinals tank their game on Sunday? In reality, they're not going to do that. I'm not suggesting that something that's going to happen, that a team would collectively say, hey, let's lose this game to better our position for the postseason, which is a subjective thing anyway, but nobody would say that. No, no self-respecting team would do that. So I'm not suggesting that would take place. But I can definitely sit here and give my opinion that it would be a benefit if they were to lose that game. And so when we get to Sunday, we'll definitely know a little bit more about what that would be. But I'll tell you this much right now. I don't even think I need to get to Sunday to know this. If the Marlins win out and have 32 wins with 28 losses, Cardinals split the next two and they're 30 and 20, I should say the next four, two and two, and they're 30 and 28, and the Cubs lose out to be 32 and 28, the Cardinals would then have the chance, theoretically, to go to Detroit win two games, and tie the Cubs at 32 wins for the NL Central. And based on the tiebreaker, which is head-to-head, they tied, goes to the next tiebreaker, divisional record, which if the Cardinals lose two of the next four to the Brewers, their divisional record ends up at 22-18. and That's currently exactly what the Cubs have because they finished their divisional play. They play the White Sox this weekend. So goes to the next tiebreaker, which is... You go back the last 20 games of the season and you look at the intra-divisional record. The Cardinals would have that tiebreaker over the Cubs because the Cardinals are 9 and and I don't even know necessarily if that means like the last 20 interdivisional games for each team or if it's like the last 20 games of the season take only the games they played within their division. Either way, the Cardinals would have that tiebreaker looking over the last 20 games for the Cardinals. They're 9 and 6 within the division of would be nine and six, assuming two and two against the Brewers, the next four and the Cubs, they, they lost three of five to the Cardinals way back when they lost, they just lost three of four to the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And so their divisional record wouldn't be quite as good as the Cardinals. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because in this, it would take all these specific things to happen, but the, the Marlins would have to win out to finish at 32 wins. The Cubs would have to lose out to still have 32 wins. And the Cardinals would have to be like, like 29 and 28 going into the last day. And they would have to know that even if they lose that game and finish 500, they still make the playoffs. So that would mean like the, the, the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Francisco giants, one of those teams, or even the reds, those teams would have to lose enough games to where 29 would be enough for the Cardinals. So it's unlikely because the, the, the Phillies and Giants would just have to win one game, and the, the Reds are already there. But if I were in a situation where I could lose and I know I'm in, and it, and it may be like the slimmest of possibilities to where it's just we're wasting too much time talking about it, but I do think it's interesting. I would rather, and, and to me, the only team I'm really afraid of, I wouldn't want to play the Dodgers in round one if I'm the Cardinals, and I get not wanting to play the Padres. I don't really care about the Cubs, don't really care about the Braves, don't really care about anybody else. 
And so if it's a situation where I'm going to be the seventh or eighth seed if I lose that game, that final game, and then not have to play, which maybe they'll still make them play. I don't know what the, the, the deal is, if it changes the seeding, if, you know, if it's seven versus eight or whatever. I would rather not play on Monday. Whatever the Cardinals can do to make that happen, I say is great, but I don't know the extent to which they're going to make them play those games. Somebody out there might have read something and, and knows more about it than I do. But at any rate, the Cardinals are in a position to – make the playoffs and that's and that's what matters um but i i do think it's an interesting conversation that could playing monday if they're forced into it kind of put them behind the eight ball going into a postseason series if they're already guaranteed a spot in one on the last day maybe it doesn't come to fruition because cardinals were able to to get get the brewers keep them down yesterday uh, certainly the, the landscape could change a lot today on Friday if, if the Cardinals win both these games or if they lose both those games. Then instead of, you know, if they win them both, you're like looking at the Cubs like, hey, you know, maybe this is something that could happen where, you know, you win out and you have a shot at the Cubs, whatever, if that's something you're into. Or if you lose both these games, you're thinking, well, you're tied with the Brewers, even 500. You might be behind the Reds if they win. You might be tied with the Phillies if they win. You might be behind San Francisco if they win. You might be out of a playoff spot by the end of the day Friday if you lose both games. It's conceivable. It's not impossible that that would happen. So you can't afford to lose a doubleheader because I think what that would do to you mentally too is drains you physically for sure, drains you mentally to have to play 14 innings and to come out with no wins on that day would be uh, would be detrimental. So Uh, We'll see what the Cardinals are able to come up with on Friday. Certainly, based on who you're sending to the mound for both these games, I think you've got to feel pretty good if you're St. Louis. Jack Flaherty gets to go in Game 1. I know this year has not been the year he wanted for himself, but who can say that it has been, to be honest. 4-2 record, 4-8-4 ERA. Really, for Flaherty, if you take out the one really, really rough start, his ERA has been perfectly fine. But that one game in such a short season is going to color your statistics in a really negative way. So, don't really worry about that. I think Flaherty's the guy you want out there, and season's on the line. Every game, that's the way you've got to look at it. Season's on the line. And so Brewers, I believe, will actually be the the home team for that first game. And then game two looks like it's going to be Daniel Ponce de Leon, kind of the, the doubleheader specialty of Ponce. He's done well in his last two starts. You remember before he had ERA over 7.5, and, and he was sent to – uh, sent to the alternate site and really hasn't been a consistent part of this team since. Uh, I don't know what it means for his like salary if he's getting called up as a 29th man every time for these doubleheaders, uh, but that's kind of been what his role has been. Anyway, his ERA down to 5.74 for the season, but his last two starts for Ponce de Leon have been much, much better. And so you go into that second game, I think, feeling good about where he's at with his with his pitching, with his command, and hoping he's able to get you somewhere. Cardinals got to score runs today, though. That's going to be the key. I mean, you scored four runs yesterday. That was enough because of your pitching. A lot of days that's going to be enough because of your pitching. But you got to you got to find a way over this final week, especially getting ready for the postseason. You know, you can't be scared of any team you're going to want to play too. That's my thing. If you're if you're talking about you know got to do this so we can avoid the Padres. Um, you're, you're you're thinking wrong if you're the Cardinals. And I don't, I'm not saying the Cardinals are thinking that, but I think a lot of their fans maybe are. And look, I, I want to make this clear too. You want to win the division. It's always good to win the division, but it's never meant less in the history of baseball to win the division than it means this year. That's all I'm saying. You'd love to beat the Cubs. It'd be great. You'd rather play the Phillies or the Marlins, I guess. I, I think the Cardinals are just as liable to get, you know, three hit and score one or two runs in a game 
against the Marlins as they are against the Padres, as they are against the Phillies, as they are against the Cubs. It really doesn't make. That's why I say it really doesn't make a difference to me who who they play or what their seed is. Just get in. That's got to be number one. And so, come away with a split on Friday if you can. Win both games if you can. Can't lose them both. Absolutely can't do it because then you put yourself really into a difficult situation. Uh, so in order to, and like I said earlier in the podcast, we saw the the heavy hitters out of the bullpen pitch yesterday. Could guys go at a back-to-back at this point in the year? Probably. They're probably going to have to, especially when you get into the, the postseason three-game series without any rest days, and the NLDS will have no rest days. That could be bad for pitchers too, man. Like, managers are, are more often going to throw guys on back-to-backs and, and, and work them hard in the postseason and without even having off days in between because there's no travel to, to be done, so they don't have them. They're not going to have them. That could be dangerous. I'm interested to see how that impacts things. Because you think over, and I guess the roster is going to be 26. I haven't seen that if it's 26 or 28 or what it's going to be. But you'd think that they, they want to do everything they can to keep players safe. So hopefully they have the expanded roster. I'll have to look that up, but I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, you guys can look that up on your on your time too. I'll talk about it on the podcast tomorrow. Um, but where the Cardinals are at, you've just used your kind of varsity relief core yesterday in that win on Thursday. So, I'm going to be curious how they attack this doubleheader. Hopefully, Flaherty gives you seven innings. Like, that's kind of the way you have to think about things coming in. Ponce, certainly capable of giving you six if he if he can keep con- consistent and, and stay within the strike zone, be effective the way he was in his last two outings. I know he only went five in his last start, but he was on short rest that day. So you were perfectly happy with what he gave you. And if he goes five again and you got to cover two more innings, I feel like they could they could probably do that, but you'd really like to to be able to have the starters go deep in both of these games. And what makes that a little bit easier would be some cushion from the offense. Score in multiple innings, have you know four runs on the board by the middle innings, in, which today means the fourth or the fifth. Because if you're able to do that, it, you can be a little bit more, I don't want to say you're going to be less aggressive, but you want your starters going deep, and you feel better about doing that if it's a, a 3 nothing game as opposed to a 2-2 you know, to two game or whatever where you can't let something get away from you. So it's not reinventing the wheel to say starters go deep, offense score in multiple innings, but that's what you got to see from the Cardinals on Friday if they're going to have success. We're going to break things down in a podcast on Saturday morning. I'll, I'll get one out there for you guys. I know I haven't done them as consistently this week, but we'll definitely have one to break down this Friday series up on Saturday morning if you want that for your weekend listening because it's coming down to the wire now for the Cardinals, and so every game critically important. Critically important every game. Can make a mention, too, of Yadier Molina, 2,000 hits. I know I, I mentioned it briefly, but impressive accomplishment. Doing that as a catcher, becoming the 12th pl- catcher in Major League history to, to reach that milestone. To me, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, whether he got that 2,000th hit or not, I think he's got that that kind of pedigree. I think it's important you, you hear the way his peers talk about him. Um, I think it'll be interesting when the voting does come about. I don't think he's necessarily going to get in on the first ballot. I think Cardinals fans won't like that, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but you know what? If he plays for however many more years, and then I eventually am able to to vote because you got to wait ten years of BBWAA uh, membership. The way they have it now, who knows? That could change. Um, but that's the way they have it, and so Yachty would have to play for several more years and then not get in on on the ballot right away in order for me to still have a chance to vote for him. But I do believe I would. 
um, if it came down if it came down to that. Obviously, there'd be a lot of extenuating circumstances. You got to look at the entire ballot when it comes to that because you only get ten spots the way they do it. And so maybe there will be some changes uh, down the road, and, and it'll be a different story by the time that comes about. But uh, definitely wanted to mention impressive accomplishment by Molina. It definitely sucks that there weren't able to be fans there in attendance for it. Um, but you know, that's, that's just the way, that's just the way this year is, man. That's, we, we've known this all along that every special moment, it was going to be feeling a little bit different this season. Um, I do think it's important though, that Yachty got there as a Cardinal because he might not be one next year. You never know what's going to happen, man. I mean, I think the Cardinals would love to have Yachty back. I think they don't want to necessarily do it at a price that doesn't make sense for them. Um, I think they'd love to have Wainwright back too. But I wonder if, if you know, which 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 of the two would I rather have if I'm the Cardinals? It'd be it'd probably be Wainwright, based on the way he's pitched this year. Cardinals do have Andrew Kisner that, that you know, you'd like to see what you have in him. But Yachty's still, he, he's not performing like he once was overall. But I still think he's he does bring value to the team. But what's he making this year? $20 million? And, and does he bring $20 million of value in 2021? Can you predict that he would? You know, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do about that. And so that's just that's another reason I think it's good that he he did get the accomplishment as a cardinal, so that if anything crazy does happen over the next six months or whatever, um, at, at least that's something that he did in a St. Louis uniform. But that is more the kind of offseason talk that we can get to in end of October, November, December. Right now we're still locked in on the Cardinals potentially making a run in the playoffs. Make sure you subscribe to the show, Be Shaved Daily. You can find us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the rest because we're going to be locked and loaded as the Cardinals pursue this postseason. Go after another title. Once you get in, anything can happen. That's what Harrison Bader said to the media earlier this week. That's kind of the way to look at it, especially in 2020, because it's going to be, it's going to be a wild format. So wait and see what happens, but make sure to subscribe to the show. If you've not done so already, that way you can lock in on everything we do here. Enjoy the games on Friday, everybody come back on Saturday morning for B-Shape Daily. Make sure you're subscribed so that you'll see it when it pops up. But other than that, we're going to wrap things up here. Appreciate you guys for listening once again, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.